Welcome to the Contraception Pod. I'm Maya and I'm the Catholic. I'm Cassidy and I'm the Protestant. At a gala at Trump Hotel, never meeting each other prior, Cassidy quietly came up to me in the bathroom and said, What are your thoughts on contraception? This question turned into a never-ending discussion that we decided to take on a podcast. So join us as we discuss contraception and how it affects our world. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Contraception Pod. I think this is about episode 12, and we are back, and it is just Cassidy and I tonight, which is crazy, because I don't think we've had an episode just us two in a whole long time, which has been super exciting and super fun. So if you have not listened to our latest episodes, we had one with my boyfriend and a friend and her boyfriend. We had one with us uh, with a, an economist who talked about the statistics related between contraception and abortion. We had had a mom share about her severe pregnancy um, and uh, complications and how she went forward using NFT with that, along with amazing other guests. And you should go look at, go listen to those and look those up. But we actually want to take a, a DM that we got fairly recently. We didn't see till pretty late. We just don't see the request sometimes, but we wanted to address it in this episode to clarify and just really talk about this issue because it is an important issue to talk about. So we got this message that said, she said like a hi and everything, but she said, I've noticed that you guys continually go back to the idea that women call men higher and even say that if we don't, men won't even get get better because they need us to progress. I'm just curious what your basis for this idea is. Not sure what verses you're using to build the idea that women have all the power that we are, what men need to succeed as people. Just curious where this idea comes from, as it's something I'm not used to seeing in the church as much as it seems you guys are. And um. Cassidy's here, by the way. Sorry, I've been talking this whole time. (laughs) But I just want to like start this conversation off by saying, let's talk about what we mean by power, what we mean by calling someone higher. So let's take Spider-Man, for example. You know, Spider-Man did not have the power to control people and tell them what to do and all these things. Women do not have that power. Let, let, Let me be clear. If I tried to like control a man outright and tell him what to do, oh my goodness, he would run away so fast and would just be so encouraged to do something, something exactly what I didn't like, right? That's human nature in us. We see it in toddlers, right? You get yelled at, you get tried to your mom tries to tell you what to do. Oh, I'm going to do that thing, you know, a hundred times over, right? The type of power that we have is power uh, with the great power that comes with responsibility like Spider-Man had, right? It's that power that it's power that we have been gifted um, to call men to a higher, to higher virtue, right? And we're going to get into why this is, but it's a power that we have to be responsible with. We have to be responsible to either we can call men higher or we can call them to a lower bar, right? So, um, Cassidy, do you have any initial comments that you wanted to make on this? Yeah, absolutely. So that's, it is an interesting DM to have received. I think one thing I would say right off the bat, like the girl mentions it never being discussed in church. I'm not sure if she's Protestant or Catholic. I would imagine probably Protestant just because I didn't hear much about this either growing up. Um, One of the first times I ever heard this discussed, the influence that women have over the behavior and even like morals of men was when I was in mission school, um, reading one of their uh, magazines that they had, they discussed like, you know, when the way women react to men, when they're doing something that's inappropriate or not honoring to God, like that does influence them and impacts them. Um, you know, we can yield, wield our influence in a way that helps encourage men to do what is right and to really want to honor God. 
we are not completely disconnected from each other. I think we have this um, concept that when we're around people, it's almost like we don't understand at all that we influence them. Um, you know, I've heard it said like we're not um, we're not completely um, independent to where we are not dependent on anyone because first of all, we're dependent on God, but we're also not completely like um, interdependent because we don't owe, you know need people at like a super heavy dependent level but we um we live in we're in like a an aspect of community where you know we those who are around us whether that's at church or school or whatever we are influencing them you know and there, this isn't just some random concept that some people have come up with but it is something we actually see in scripture so in first corinthians 15 33 it says do not be deceived bad company ruins good morals. So not just that it impacts it, but, you know, spending time around people that don't have a love for God or that are making decisions that are wrong can destroy good character. Or in Proverbs 9 verse 6, it says, forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. Um, Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, he that walks with the wise or he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You know, whoever you spend time around men or women, etc. you know, we rather if you're, you know, just like in a group of friends or if you are, pe- these are people at school, they do impact you. And so the people you decide to spend your time around will change you. But today we're going to talk specifically about how women do influence men. And that is something that's so real. So Maya, will you share more with us? Um, with yeah. and, and, and I think that's an awesome point, Cassidy. I think that's just so like integral. I think everyone can agree with is who you hang around influences your you no matter how much we can say oh no they want to influence me they always will influence you in some way and i think that men influence women but in a very different way than women influence men i think that women will do things you know in a way that you know oh the man will like find me more attractive right that definitely like influenced a ton of my decisions and like the music i liked and the things i did and the habits i created because of men i was trying to impress right but Along that line, I think it goes back to the very idea of why God created Eve in the garden. He did not want man to be alone. And so he created Ezer, Ezer, which means helper, which is not in the, and this is the original translation of the Bible. It's Ezer or Ezer, E-Z-E-R, right? And he created her and it meant helper, but there has only been I think 18 other times that that word has used in the Bible, 16 times to describe God saving a nation and two times to describe the two women who brought salvation, like were able to save their, um, to save their, their, like their tribe, right. From, from, from the enemy. Right. And they were able to bring some influence, um, bring some person of influence or find a, save the main King so that he could save the whole tribe i i can't i i'm picturing the story in my head but i can't remember what it is in the bible um the one of the lady and something about oh, deborah i i don't know she like killed somebody anyway yeah um, i think it's deborah <laughs> did, did she put a dagger through someone's heart well i think <laughs> those two stories yeah and i think they I'm both saying. like killed someone or something but but okay so that word is used like 18 to, 19 times including the time in, in genesis and the bible and it's 
really telling to what Christ has called us as mothers to do. Being a mother is inherent in the woman's soul. Not just, not just, oh, we take care of our own babies. Like we are called to spiritual motherhood. We are called to care for and nurture the good, which is God, the good within people. So as a woman, you are called to bring out the good, to nurture the good in the man and bring it out in your very actions. And so this is why John Paul II who wrote the theology of the body, he says at the very beginning, and I know I've said this multiple times in this podcast, but he says that man's life is senseless without experiencing and being a part of love. And that is why God said that it was not good for man to be alone because he needed woman to be able to experience and be a part of, of love. But the key here is this woman needed man too, right? It's not like, oh, woman is in some way superior to man or man is in some way superior to woman. It's this unconditional perfect like perfect equality right where woman male and female they have different one's fatherhood and one's motherhood but they come together and they create right create this perfect love create a child but ultimately they create you know like ultimately it all comes down to love and so a woman is called to nurture that and bring it out or she can not she can do the opposite which is what eve did in the garden and that was what adam failed at in the garden was because eve set a low standard because she set a low bar adam was like that was that was a part of that was adam's fault for not standing up for the lady right but the lady has to encourage and be a part of calling that man higher. And so Adam followed along with the lady, right? She followed along with the lady because she gave no reason for needing protection, right? You know, um, and so, no, I don't think it's all on the women. I don't think it's all completely the women's fault, but I do think we can play a crucial role in calling men out to protect our the women and the children, calling them to their highest vocation. And so in regards to biblically, why I think this is like where this is in the Bible and why this is so important is that very reason itself. Just look at the very beginning of the Bible, right? And, um, and it was the, it was, you know, it, it the, I mean, literally Eve influenced Adam, <laughs> right? At the very beginning of the Bible, um, and Adam not taking a step forward, of course, was a part of that too. So it was a failure on both of their parts, right? But um, but yet, I think there's something in a man that unless it is crushed by a woman at some point in his life to be a gentleman or like is not taught by his parents, then that man is never going to know how to treat a woman, right? If our, if us as, if, you know, if I have children and I don't teach them how to take care of a woman and to take care of their mom and to protect their mom or their sisters or something, if I tell my son that he can hit my daughter and he does, there's no repercussion for that, or he could say a bad joke in front of my daughter. Oh my goodness. If my brothers were to do that in front of me, like they would be in trouble for sure. You know, and anytime any of the boys, like the boys could be roughhousing, but if they laid hands on one of the girls, like they were in trouble, you know, for the whole day, you know, because that is what was, you know, because a woman is dignified. And so if we laugh at things, if a man were to hit us and we were to laugh and be like, haha, that's okay. Well, they're going to think that's okay. And that's why it's so important that we say, no, that's not okay. And we set a bar higher with the responsible power that we've been given instead of laughing it off and saying, oh, it's fine. You know, 
We say no. And in doing so, we are protecting women for centuries, women that man's potential wife, right? From from something that he it might not even be his fault because he never, I mean, it, in a way it is his fault, but because we have set such a low standard for men, mm-hmm. partially in hopelessness and being like, oh, I'm never going to get a man. How are they going to get better? You know, like, how are they going to get better unless we say, no, like, that is not okay. You can't make that joke in front of me. You can't make a sexual joke in front of me. You can't touch my butt or something like that. Like, let's be real. Like, so many men think that's just totally okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, it's not. And, like, even just, like, when they don't look in your eyes and they look, you know, at your breast instead, you know? Like, it's like, no, <laughs> like, that is not okay, you know? Right. And, and, I, and I think that also you know, and I don't, and I'm not here to say, oh, because you dress this way, you don't dress modestly or something. It's your fault that men are horrible or something, you know, no, totally not. But I'm saying we can help them in that journey for sure. You know, um, and, um, we can aid them in that journey and how are we present ourselves and how we see ourselves. And if we see ourselves as so beautiful and dignified, heck yeah, they're going to see us that way too. But if we don't see ourselves that way, they're not going to see us that way. Right. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's really a beautiful concept that God has totally given women this beautiful power. You know, I'm calling it power because that's what they did, but just this beautiful influence through God to call them to beauty to call them to beauty. I think that's so important to call it, call them to beauty, to really look at you and not see you as some, as just a body, but to see Christ in you. And that's what we want them to see. And not just us, but we want them to see that in our friends. Right. And so I just think that's just so important. And, you know, actually I'll let Cassidy go, but yeah. Yeah. That's a great, I really appreciate the points you're sharing, Maya. That is so true. One thing that I think of immediately when we consider having a low standard for men, I think the entire sexual revolution was the just throwing down of standards for men. No, you don't have to fight for me. No, you don't have to marry me. No, you don't have to pursue me. No, you don't even have to ask me on a date because I'll just sleep with you just because we just do that now in this culture that's fine. There's birth control. There's abortion. There's whatever. And suddenly sexual standards changed. Emotional standards changed for what we believe is pure and acceptable between men and women. Um, Commitment has very much changed in our culture as well. We always think about how, you know, those of us who are women that want to honor God and have relationships that reflect Christ. Like we want a lasting marriage. We want relationships that are God honoring. We want, um, you know, men who are faithful um, there's a passage in the book of Proverbs that says many a man declares his steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find, you know, so you can tell me you love me all day, but where are the faithful men? You know, that is actually what we still want as women, even in a culture that's extremely inappropriate and pornified, you know, um, and the truth is when women refuse to have standards because they've been let down and because we've seen this huge change that has not only impacted unbelieving men, but who, but has really also changed Christian men, perhaps in ways they don't even notice themselves. 
Um, when we just set the standard and say, you know what, forget it. Yes, I wanted to marry a man who was, you know, not addicted to porn, but unfortunately, that's just how it is in our culture. So I guess if he's addicted to porn, that's fine. Or, you know, I really wanted to marry a guy who is faithful to me, but my husband just follows all these scandalous women on Instagram who post their bikini selfies every, you know, every day. If I even glance at his phone, he's looking at something inappropriate. Or, you know, I really wanted to marry a man who treated me with respect, but this guy was the only one that liked me and he just criticizes me constantly and he belittles me but I guess that's going to have to be fine because he's the only one that likes me and I'm going to have to just throw the standard in the garbage. So I have an interesting quote to read to you that I think addresses some of this because what's odd is when polled and interviewed, some men stated that they think women don't know what we want and that we're confused and that we maybe don't even have any standards ourselves, which is insane because <laughs> most of us, even if we've been through really painful and bad experiences, you know, personally, I grew up in a family where my parents got separated and that was extremely devastating. And, you know, my parents are still separated. It's been years. And to go through that as a child was horrible, but I still have standards for my relationship. I didn't go through that and say, you know what? I would be fine with a horrible marriage. If I, you know, marry this guy and he's just disrespectful and he's lazy and just gets fired from his job and just lays there and does nothing, that's fine. I'm going to just marry someone that has no um, desire to do well in his life because once, you know, I had a hard childhood. So therefore I'm going to just throw all my standards in the garbage. Even women who've had hard experiences or who have perhaps have been harmed in romantic relationships or who have been let on, we still have standards. We're not done. We're not giving up just because we had an experience that was bad perhaps at one point in our lives. So don't get the wrong impression to all the men out there that if we've had something painful or hard happen in our lives, that we've thrown all our standards in the trash because we haven't actually. Um, I have a book called God's Gift to Women, Discovering the Lost Greatness of Masculinity by Eric Ludi. And Eric Ludi was one of my mission school teachers. I attended Ellerslie Discipleship Training right after I got out of high school. And in this book, Eric talks about, you know, what does it mean to be a man? Which is actually such a critical question nowadays since we have no idea what a woman is, which is insane. We're at such a different aspect of that question now than we've been in years. Because before it was more like, oh, what does it mean to be a woman? What traits? Blah, blah, blah. Now we're like, oh, actually, is there a way to know if you're biologically a woman? Yes, by the way, there is. <laughs> so it's so important for us to know what it constitutes to be a man or to be a woman, because this is not something that God will leave you guessing on. You know, read your Bible, open the book of Genesis. Do not leave yourself misinformed because you chose not to read your Bible for real. Open up scripture and ask God to give you vision and actually be scripturally literate and know what God's word teaches. So I'm going to read to you from chapter seven of this book. It says, Eric, a woman is the proving ground for a man. It was a halftime during the big Colorado Nebraska football game. My dad was offering counsel over a fresh bag of Tostitos and the Ludi favorite cream cheese and salsa dip. I was 22 years old and valued the opportunity for a little serious guy talk with my dad. But where was he taking this conversation? One minute we were chatting about Bill McCartney, coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. Next, we were talking about George Washington and his tremendous example of manhood. Then suddenly my dad spurts out womanhood or woman is a proving ground statement. What is he talking about? I crunched into another chip, figuring he had strayed from the original point. Even so, I found myself interested in this new line of thought. The way a man treats a woman, he explained, is a reflection of his relationship with God. That's why I say a woman is the proving ground for a man. You can determine a man's quality by watching him with a woman. So 
Eric goes on to describe um, some different situations. And one of the things that him and I think his wife, Leslie, did is they pulled people at a college and asked them, so, you know, what do you think a man or a woman would want in a man? So, you know, one person's like, oh, I don't know. Another person says, I guess they like flowers and stuff. Another one says, I think girls like attitude, you know, a cocky kind of guy. P.S. No, we do not want to parent our husband. And then another one says, girls don't have a clue what they want. No, also not true. They're totally confused. It's insane to, you know, to be in the mind of some of those modern men and to hear that they think that we have zero standards or that we do not care. And one of the reasons women that they're getting that impression, this goes to so many different things. Why sexually they expect us to sleep with them when we just met them? No, not ever happening. Why do they think that they might get that? Because other women have done that and have had a low standard. Or why they would expect for you to go on contraception because that's what ever, maybe most other women are doing in this culture. So, exactly. And that is such a good point. It doesn't matter if they're like, oh, it's just me. Like, no, what you do affects all women, all women. And it influences that man and how he treats another woman and what he expects from another woman. So I think that's just such an incredible point to think on is like, you might have to say no to a guy or create some boundary or something or say that it's not okay making that joke in front of you and guess what they may never hang out with you again but first of all you don't want to be hanging out with them anyway second of all you probably planted a seed that will change how he thinks of things in the future it might not be automatic you know but if one girl did it and then two girls did it and then three girls did it i mean i think something would start moving in his brain like oh. yeah you know and so that's why fulton sheen says the more the level of society can be love can be measured by the moral level of its women right because the higher and i think what cassidy was reading about their relationship with god and how they treated women goes like back and forth like right how women have taught them to treat them probably plays into their relationship with god how they see the beauty of the body right if they can see god through the women they encounter and that woman pulls god out from them you know like pulls the good out of them oh my goodness, their relationship with God would be stronger, right? And I think that's just something so powerful that we can only speak on behalf of the women. There are so many things I'm sure men can do for us as well. But on behalf of the women, wow, wow. Like that is amazing that we have been given such a beautiful opportunity to call these men forward. And I think one point I really want to stress is not to degrade the man's masculinity. Someone was telling me yesterday, and I'm not quite sure if I agree with this 100%, but never to make fun of like little kids who are like in love, you know, because that's the closest that they will ever like that kind of love, quote unquote, you know, and, and they like mean like any kind of love, but you know, like obviously not sexual, but like it's like, oh, like she's cute and all these things. Not to make fun of that because that is them actually being drawn to the beauty of God and that person, right? And you start making fun of that. Well, they stop doing that, right? And I and I think there's a fine line in that, but I thought that was a really interesting point that someone had made to me yesterday was when we start making fun of men for of little boys for treating women so sweetly and nice. Oh, they're not going to want to keep doing that. Right. And, you know, I was reading, um, well, actually I'm not going to bring up a point <laughs> that's too long to talk about, but I just think that it's so important that we don't degrade men's men's masculinity because I mean, imagine a man opens the door for you. And I always go to this example, but I mean this like in a very analogous way, like in a very proportional way to much bigger things too. What is it? Like uh, Aquinas' analogy of proportion, right? But 
um analogy of perfect proportion but basically like number one like if a guy were to open the door and you were so full of yourself you're like excuse me i don't need a man to open the door for me hello he was not doing that to degrade you right but we just degraded their masculinity and told them that you being masculine that you looking out for a woman was wrong was bad and so when we apply that sexually guess what all these women in contraception and all of that are taking birth control and then then and, and so we were like oh yeah you know like you, we can have sex as much as we want and you can like just take advantage of my body as much as you want well then guess what when you're actually looking for a serious relationship to get married and you don't want that kind you know you don't want to just you want to have children and all of these things where do we expect those men who are going to respect me and be a man to protect my children and not be a lazy bum who sits on the couch all day and plays video games and eats potato chips right like I know we're being really aggressive here but if we don't want that it starts when they're little it starts when they're high schooler it starts by saying no to contraception it starts by saying no you cannot take advantage of my body you need to see the beauty of who I am as Imago Dei you need to see Christ and me and so yeah it takes heartbreak it takes saying no but I think that's just like it's just like how do you ever expect and I know, and I know, like this doesn't apply to women who like on birth control and stuff or sick sickness. Though we think there are better options and think that you still shouldn't be on it, which we'll talk about in an episode coming soon. But like, it just baffles me. How do we ever expect to have masculine men if we tell them to be like a woman? Mm-hmm. And we devalue yeah. their their ma- absolutely their masculinity. And, we, and so that's why what so what we have to do is call that masculinity out there and heck you might have to like go a little bit beyond like you know just you know like overthinking them literally if they open the door be like thank you so much like you opening the door meant so much to me like you don't have to be fake about it but literally show them gratitude if they pick up your bag and put it up in the airplane thing for you be like thank you so much that meant so much to me i really needed that help you know they do something nice for you they do something masculine you know like just helping you protecting you you know what our men need that they need you to be triple the amount of thankful right you know like like showing that right and we need to have gratitude for that because if we're like always like oh you're not doing this and oh you're not doing that and blah 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 like you're not doing this enough and all of these things those are the men that are going to go cheat because men want to please women i i'm and i'm sorry if that sounds like oh degrading but they do and i and men would agree with me on this my brothers agree with me on this you know, men want to please women, but if you're unpleasable, why would they want to stick around? Because they're never going to be happy. That's where they find their fulfillment. That's where they find their happiness. And, you know, my dad loves cooking. So he loves like making meals for our family. But imagine like he's not going to want to keep making meals every time he makes a meal because he loves watching people eat his food. We're all like, this is, you could have done more. Like, you know, like, no, he that's his form. That's another form of his like masculinity. Yeah, it's cooking, but he's providing for his family. Yes, he provides all the money for the food too, but he loves seeing us eat the food. So imagine if I was like, oh, yeah, this is horrible. Oh, like you or something like that. Heck no. <laughs> like call by just saying thank you. 
-hmm. It doesn't mean we call them higher by saying, we do this, do that, do that. But thinking and thinking those men who are so, who are chaste, who are, who are, who are living out their masculinity and also, you know, calling the other men who aren't higher by setting a boundary and setting a standard. It doesn't mean we tell them, oh, you need to do this, this, and this, but you can say, no, that's not acceptable in front of me and you can walk away. So I don't know. That's what I wanted to add in, but yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing Maya. I think one thing I would say to you is like, I think when Eric is talking about in the book, like about, um, about um, women in the way that men interact with us and how that reflects the relationship with God. I think one thing he's trying to get at too is if a guy doesn't have a close walk with the Lord, then he is more likely to look at to women to fulfill like that void that they have in their life. So we all have to start from a place of understanding that regardless of how men or women are treating us in our life, we need a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, it, you know, it, we know that because of Jesus Christ, we can have a personal relationship with a personal relationship with God, the father. And so that's what we need. It's the first thing we need to be a woman or a man who honors and glorifies God in our day-to-day life. So if we are not saved, if we don't have Jesus Christ, there isn't hope for you to change. You need Christ. So don't go forward trying to be a woman who influences men thinking you could do that without God because you can't, you need Christ. You need his help. You need prayer. You need to be able to pray for the men in your life who are perhaps making poor decisions or we're making great decisions and you're praying for God to help them to stay strong. They need that prayer. Um, We depend upon God for any of this influence to be used well. And so I would love to like share this, um, this quote from Leslie Ludy on her website, Set Apart Girl. She answers this question really directly for that woman who was DMing us. She says, the Bible makes it clear that women can have a powerful influence over masculinity. Proverbs 7 enunciates the evil antics of sensual women on the prowl of for vulnerable men. In verse 26, we are told that this kind of woman causes countless quote-unquote strong men to choose the path of death over the path of life. It's startling to realize the kind of power that manipulative femininity can have, causing even the strongest of men to fall. But here is an exciting thought. On the flip side, Women can also have a positive influence over today's men when they choose the opposite spirit from what the Proverbs 7 woman demonstrates. Just think about these powerful examples of godly women and their impact on men. Queen Esther, influencing the king and saving the entire nation of Jews. See the book of Esther. Ruth, influencing Boaz to become a kinsman redeemer for Naomi's family line and becoming part of the lineage of Christ. See Ruth 4 verses 9 through 13. Rahab, protecting the spies of Israel and influencing them to protect her family and become part of the line of Christ. See Hebrews 11 verse 31. Abigail, influencing David not to react in fleshly anger and kill Nabal and his family. See 1 Samuel 25 32. Lydia, influencing Paul and his companions to stay and minister in her home and community. See Acts 16 15. The godly wife in 1 Peter 3 verse 1 influencing her non-Christian husband to believe because of her good conduct in Christ. If we want to follow these godly women's examples and become a source of inspiration and godly influence toward the men in your life, dads, husbands, brothers, guy friends, etc., I would like to share four key biblical principles to do just that. And so she just shares briefly, know the power of prayer and exchange criticism for encouragement And let's see here, set an inspiring example. She has a lot of good advice and to choose faith over despair. So Leslie really encourages like, don't 
start being super critical and like rude or disrespectful in the way you're talking to men, but do use your influence to help encourage men to live lives that are really centered around Christ. And Maya, what would you say? Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that's just like so powerful. It's not to like, it's encourage them in very positive ways, but sometimes it does include like setting boundaries and saying no, the things you're doing and, you know, um, but never like, I don't think men will ever really respond if we give advice like, oh, do this, you know, but instead like encouraging it by saying, you know, I really like find something that they're doing that's really awesome and really gentlemanlike and say like, you know, I really, really love it when you cook, when you cook food for me, like that makes me feel just so loved and amazing or things like that, you know, or when you, or when you take the trash out or something like that, like little things encouraging those and just expressing your gratitude for that, but also making it clear that you aren't going to hang around people that, that are influencing you toward the bad. Right. And, um, you can, you know, say like, you know, I really loved it when, when you did this and whatever, but, um, and then, you know, you can encourage those things, but honestly, like you do need to say like, Like if a man is mad at you for not taking birth control or something in a relationship, you need to say, you know, like, that's not going to fly with me. You don't have to tell them you're a bad person for thinking that birth control is okay or something, right? You don't have to say that to them, but definitely help them know that that's not okay with you. Like, you know, um, that birth control is not okay with you and that will plant the seed. Um, Yeah, I think it's just really going to come down to like helping men feel fulfilled And that will always come from, you know, them protecting women, right? Um, And that, and we'll respond best to that. Um, When that was happening, I was thinking of King David and Bathsheba, is that how you say your name? But like how she totally influenced this amazing man of, right, of like perfect character, anyone would think, to sexual sin, because, because she used her influence in a not so great way. And of course, it wasn't just her fault, but big part of that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I do think it would be good for men in general to read Proverbs 7 and to really consider how, like, you know, if they're allowing their minds to be consumed with lust and sensual thoughts and things like that can lead them astray. Like they need to understand that, that, you know, that there is power. And if you surround, allow yourself to be surrounded by women who are impure and who might seduce you or encourage you to do things that are inappropriate or wrong or even if it's not like in a sexual way if you're just around women who think swearing is great and they think partying is great that is going to change who you are and that's going to impact your character it's going to impact where you're going and the path you're on in life and so and I, if, if go ahead oh, and for our women out there you know if you notice your man is hanging out with people that you don't appreciate or you know not that you don't appreciate but that like you don't think would be good for him you know recognize that you can always walk away from that relationship right um and so you don't want to nag him and be like oh well why you hang out you know hang out with these people you know first try to understand like try to actually get to know those people people make sure they're like who you're judging them to be and then you can make that judgment you know you can walk away but you don't have to like nag him and be like oh you're some horrible person for hanging out with these people right you're getting you know um I I think that's important. Like, you know, also look out for who you're hanging out with, but a big (laughs) sign of the guy that you're dating would be the people that they hang around with and surround themselves with. Mm -hmm. And it's all girls too. Like that's a big, like this should be all guys they surround themselves with, you know, occasional girls will hang out with them, but like 
it should be all guys 100 percent. you know yeah and i like how sorry i like how you point out as well that it's important like to note the people that they're surrounding themselves with. And if that's an issue, it's okay to know and to say in your mind that this is a red flag, you know? And I think it would be okay and it'd be appropriate in a respectful way in a relationship just to confront that and say, hey, like, I'm, I'm kind of concerned just like about some of these people that you're spending time around. Can you help me understand that? And, you know, if they're truly people of poor character that don't love God, then it'd be interesting to hear if he's going to justify it and say, oh, it's fine. It's okay. Or whatever. Or if you might say, oh, you know what? You're right. I've been feeling that in my spirit that it's not great. Like I'm actually, I feel weighed down when I hang out with those people. Maybe that will call him higher or maybe that will bring a change. I, there's a good podcast to listen to by Lila Rose um, about dating. And she says in that podcast, one thing that just really stood out to me, she was like, you know, don't be afraid to break up. So if you have a problem in a relationship it's so painful and hard in romantic relationships because you're making yourself you know, vulnerable and you're trying to get to know this person. But what's unfortunate about that is you may find out that there are red flags that you can't resolve. So you can't force that guy to make wise decisions. Maybe he's addicted to porn. Maybe he's hanging out with people that are just doing all sorts of things that are dishonoring to God. You know, Maybe he is just very selfish and disrespectful and maybe he mistreats you. It's hard because we can encourage them and you know, pray and ask God to work powerfully in, in their life and cause them to change. But it might just be that there might be so many red flags that unfortunately it might have to end. And in that and case, that's, take that's Lila's thing you can do for both of you. Yeah. 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 In that case, like take Lila's advice and don't be afraid to break up. If you're seeing that God is showing you that that door is closed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would 100% agree. And just, you know, yeah. Focus on yourself. Um, and maybe he's just not the right guy for you, but just focus on yourself and your prayer life and your dignity. Don't let who he is drag you down, right? To be like, oh, well, you know what? That's okay. Or that's okay. Like Cassidy was saying at the beginning. I think I think that kind of brings it all for full circle. Just, just know that, that you are beautiful. You're made in the image and likeness of God. And you can use that to influence every person around you and every relationship you're in. And with, especially with the men, you that God has given you the responsibility to call to a higher standard so yeah classity do you want to close us off yeah absolutely I think I would say something too just like I encourage you like build your life around Christ focus on Jesus Christ focus on him because you know no matter how great a guy is in your life you still need Christ and so follow Christ, follow the Lord. And that's how we can best influence those around us. Thank you so much for tuning in today, listeners. We're grateful you were here. Feel free to DM us or message us and let us know your thoughts.